Hello and welcome back to the Building HVAC Science Podcast, where we hope by now you understand it's our goal to help create better, more knowledgeable HVAC and building performance technicians by helping the two professions better understand each other with the ultimate goal of making customers happy in the homes they live in and the buildings they work in. Today, we'd like you to listen in as Eric Kaiser and I interview two of the leaders of Melco Products and learn how they've become the nation's leading solution developers and manufacturers of tools of the trade for HVAC, exterior remodeling, and more. So join us as Rich Benninghoff, President and CEO, along with Rebecca Talbot, Melco's VP of Marketing, share with us some stories and insights. They'll describe the rich history and promising future of this successful and well-run manufacturer. In fact, on the point of well-run, Rich helped our team at True Tech Tools better understand the principles and benefits of EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System, which he uses at Melco. You can understand more about EOS in episode 137 of this podcast, where that's a focused topic. Oh, and in a post-recording note, in the trade show part of the discussion, we mentioned MetalCon is upcoming, but it actually has already taken place in October of 2023. As we move towards the end of the conversation, Rich and Rebecca share closing thoughts that illustrate how they keep an eye on the past, remembering how they got here, along with an eye in the future for growth. We have a ton of links in the show notes, including Rich and Rebecca's LinkedIn, links to product idea submission, which Melco accepts, some resources for distributors, educator programs, catalogs, a video gallery, also a unique program called the Head of the Class for HVAC and Building Construction. And if you want information on the annual Trade Pro of the Year and Counterperson of the Year program, we also have a link to the Melco newsletter to sign up for that. And finally, Melco will be in person at a booth, and that's booth S7744 at the AHR Expo in Chicago, Illinois, next year in early 2024. We also have some links to Melco's social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok. Okay, let's get into discussion and learn more about how Melco has become one of the good stewards supporting the trades. Welcome back to the Building HVAC Science Podcast. I am Eric Kaiser, your co-host, along with my co-host, Bill Spohn. And today we have with us Rich Benninghoff and Rebecca Talbot from Malco Products. Welcome to the show. Hey, Eric. Hey, Bill. Good to be with you, too. Yes, thanks for having us today. You're very welcome. TrueTech has a great relationship with Malco, but there's a tremendous story behind the company, I think, and there's so many different aspects we can get into in this conversation. But first, let's learn a little bit about the people on the call. And I'll let Rebecca go first and Rich follow and give us your background, which leads you up to the chair you're in today with that headset on. Absolutely. Thank you, Bill and Eric. I'm elated to have been recently joining the Melco Products team as their new marketing leader. I come from a background of B2B distribution amongst the industrial automation, HVACR, as well as RNC and other adjacent industries such as plumbing, electrical, security, and having worked for a major manufacturer and provider of those solutions, I feel very well equipped to be not only leading the marketing team at Melco, but excited for all of the opportunities that Melco has in store in the coming years. Fantastic. 
Rich, tell us your short story. And we are super happy for Rebecca to be on our team. So there's some great things coming from Malco already that she's involved with. So really happy that she's here. So my story, in summary, is a 25-year career in the engineered products industry, really three chunks of time. The first 10 years of that was sales and revenue generating. I started my career working for a rep sales firm in Philadelphia and then just grew through various experiences and opportunities along the way through a couple different companies, great companies, national brand, engineered products, focused companies. Got a, an opportunity to start expanding the, my horizons from into more of general management work and running chunks of those businesses, which was that second 10 years. And then most recently over the last five, again, opportunities were presented to lead the entire thing and try to build teams and create a vision and a strategy around what the company's all about, which culminates in where I'm sitting today, which is the present CEO of Malco Products, which fits all of those things I just mentioned over the 25-year career engineered products, growth-oriented company that in a transition from more of a family-run business into more institutionalized best practices, moving into a bigger and better version of itself. And so Delighted to have the opportunity starting in 2021 to be here at Malco. And over the past two and a half years, we've done some pretty cool things to get this great company into a position to grow and stretch itself a little bit more. So great company. We can talk a little bit more about it and its history, but that's how I arrived here. Quite a path to get to where you're at right there. It's always fun to hear about people's paths and progressions. I'd like to learn a little bit more about what parts of, obviously, Malco a lot of people listening to this are probably with HVAC and Malco is well known in the HVAC industry. What other industries do you serve and what areas of the HVAC industry do you specifically try to focus on? So Rebecca, I'll start with some of this and by all means, just add as we go. I think between the two of us, we should be able to give a good sense of this. The HVAC market and industries, I would say the primary industry that we have been selling into historically, the company started in that market way back in 1950 when Mark Kemer who was a young steel salesman, an entrepreneur, and a solutions-oriented inventor, found some opportunities to provide and create some tools that would help work with this new state-of-the-art sheet metal product that was available in the 1950s. And from there, grew that into a business. And obviously, there's a very uh, storied history behind all of that over the last 75 years. But that's been the primary focus, say, historically. Malco has made some inroads into some other markets. The roof gutter siding market would be a market of focus for us because there's some parallels between the sheet metal business and the metal roofing business, for example. And some of the tools that we make are designed and created to be used for those applications. So I would say a lot of focus and our mind share is on that metal roofing business at the moment because we think that it ties nicely to our skill set, but also the solutions that are becoming available or that we're trying to present to the market to help those trade contractors do their jobs while working with metal roof is great. I think there's a big opportunity there. And I think that the market's growing, metal roofing business is trending, and I think we can help there. And then beyond the metal roofing business, there are some other areas that we make some products for. In the industrial staff to business is a part of that where we're selling products into the, say, more industrial applications. And then what I'll call more miscellaneous markets would be maybe that fourth leg of the stool. Yes. And I would say one of the keywords you mentioned, Eric, was the areas that we're selling into. But I also like to take more of a macro view at Melco's products and 
how we are supporting, not just selling, but supporting the overall business construction industry. The support of the trades and the elevation of the trade pro and the contractor slash field tech end user, whatever noun you'd like to apply to them. It's been very, very important in Melco's history to really become the not only support mechanism, but the ambassador of wanting to guide those trade pros from the very beginnings of their careers through their entire customer journey as a professional as well. There's a variety of programs that Melco has that supports just that purpose. We have a great head of the class program, which combines education and up and coming trade pros through certification, recognition, and also reward when we pass on some of our great kitted items for HVAC to those winning students and supplying additional product to the classroom so they are adequately prepared throughout all of their learning experiences going through school. We continue to recognize through our Trade Pro of the Year program, and that is applicable to HVAC as well as building construction. Recently, we began another program recognizing key employees and staff at our leading distributors and wholesalers through our counterperson of the year program. I don't foresee that there, aside from the selling, just a huge amount of support and ambassadorship that Melco also wants to bring to elevating the trades and supporting the building construction industry in general as a leading supplier. That's really great. I think I found the page on your website and I'll put the link in the show notes, the educator resources page that would be for the head of the class program. How about the trade pro? Where could somebody learn about that? The Trade Pro of the Year is an annual program. You are welcome to nominate yourself. We've got also nominations that are coming from colleagues, from supervisors, from spouses, from friends. It's a really, really wonderful program. We get hundreds of nominations. It's an annual announcement. So the window to nominate is obviously is timed. But overall, we really want people to be thinking about these awards and thinking about how their nominees that they're going to cast or push forward towards Malco, how they really just exemplify what it means to be a trade pro. And I will put a note on that. Trade pro doesn't always indicate somebody who's very well-seasoned, a business owner, a trade pro is somebody who is really looking to help their customers, whether it be through their service contracts, through challenging jobs, through a variety of different service projects. They're just really an exemplary individual who happens to be in the professional contracting business. So it's not just supposed to be about tenure. It's about their character and their involvement in the industries, HVACR, as well as building construction in general. So someone we'd like to see more of. Yes, absolutely. Very good. How about the engagement with these resources and these programs? Are you striving to do more? Do you think you have enough? Is it challenging? Well, I would say that this is something that we've put a high amount of focus on. And in my background, learning, training, providing a variety of resources has been of high emphasis, especially when it comes to the different types of styles people would like to receive information in, as well as the quick turn access. So it could be anything from perhaps a longer training session that may have a Q&A section to make sure that the information is retained all the way down to a TikTok video or a YouTube video that may be a few seconds that maybe just provides a few tech tips. 
So being able to create a variety of different kinds of learning, training materials, resources is of high priority to Melco, as well as just a high priority to the trades in general. I think about how people take in information, whether they want to view it, they want to read it, they want to hear it. We're on a podcast today and they're taking in information. So that really is a focus for Malco going forward with our learning and training development to the trades. Very cool. There's always new products coming out, I'm assuming, from Malco. I see a lot of them come across announcements and things. Where do you guys get ideas for innovation or to develop a new product? From a lot of places, I'd say. Most of it is from the field in one way or another through the channels that we've got set up to provide us for those folks that work in the field to reach out. So there's a very formalized process internal to Malco that takes over as we funnel these ideas into reality. But I would say for the most part, it's professional HVAC installer working with tools and has an idea that makes its way to somebody at Malco through one of those channels. And internally, we've got a really solid team of product engineers that are able to envision what that might look like and turn it around to something that is usable and commercially available and those kinds of things. I would just say, to me, it's the real big game-changing products that have come from Malco, for the most part, have come from innovation from folks in the field. There are a few, like the C-Rex, that are homegrown ideas from folks internal that are familiar with the industry, familiar with working with tools and products. So it's a nice combination. And I'll say maybe it's more wishful thinking than it is anything is that we want more and more of those ideas from the field to help those folks that are out there working and installing these systems every day to continue to share their ideas and concerns and opportunities so that we can do what we do, which is turn them into reality. Yeah, and I would say as an extension to that as well, Eric and Bill, It's an always-on process to collect new ideas. We recently had a new idea contest this past summer. We have a new idea form that just lives in perpetuity on the website. We uh, attend several trade shows. We attend several learning events where, like Rich said, we're, we're constantly rolling ideas from the field and having this open dialogue with the field and really wanting to be there alongside the field technician, the contractor, and really being that leading solutions provider for their pain points. But as far as the new product ideas, that's something that is just always on. And in the show notes, we can send you over a link to that new product idea from the website as well. Sounds good. Something I want to dig into with Rich, because he helped us here at True Tech with Entrepreneurial Operating System, EOS. Uh, and that's a real interesting guide. We actually, in our pre-conversation before we started the podcast, we started talking about that. And Rich, I'm going to let you expound on that. And where did you first get involved with that and why going back? Yeah. So EOS, I first came in contact with EOS, Entrepreneur Operating System slash Traction, maybe uh, another word that's used to describe it. And at the company I used to work for, my last company, also a Minnesota-based company, as an attempt to try to create some focus and discipline in that company. The business leaders there had brought that into the company as an idea, and we took hold of it and started to really learn what it's about and how to implement it to help our business be more focused probably more than anything else and try to achieve outcomes and create some processes along the way. So that at my last stop is where I was introduced to it. I fell in love with it, frankly, because it filled some of the gaps and holes for things that I was maybe had some blind spots with. For example, 
I'm one of these people who can't sit still. I'm one of these people that is constantly looking around the room. And with that comes maybe a two-edged sword as a lot of good ideas and suggestions, but you have to execute some of those things and stop and pause for a while to do that and not just continually move on as a change agent type of leader. And what EOS does is it allows you to wipe away or move away all the extracurricular and focus on the things that you're really trying to accomplish. So that's why I connected with it. And so when I arrived at Malco in 2021, it was pretty evident that I was going to try to implement that here. Wasn't 100% sure how it would be accepted coming from one culture to another, but I'll tell you that it has been an absolute smash home run at Malco for all of the reasons that those of us that have been able to participate in it would speak to. The focus, discipline, and accountability that it drives in a very simple way, in my opinion, is really second to none. So one of the other things that really connects me or people that enjoy using EOS to it is this entrepreneurial spirit about it. So it tries hard to remove the red tape. It tries hard to remove the noise and really gets you focused on solutions and running your business and working on your business and in your business and giving you time to do both. And so that spirit is something that is a passion of mine. I like to be a part of entrepreneurial groups and teams because I think that's how we innovate. And this system allows you to do that while also executing and getting to the results and outcomes that obviously you need to get to to run your business and be viable. As the intro to it and what we've tried to do here at Malco, I think going on probably about a year and a half to two years now. So you've now been and used the EOS in two different companies, it sounds like. What do you think that it could do for some of our listeners out here? I mean, we've got people listening that are in the building trades, in HVAC, in small companies to possibly large companies. How can it help them maybe to even use that same process in their companies? Probably in the simplest way to answer that would be, because I think it offers a lot and to do it any justice would be tough to do here in this setting. But I think if I had to offer one, it would be, these phrases are embedded in the EOS academia, but it's about giving time to work on your business as opposed to being in it. And if you allow yourself to remove yourself from the being in it every day for a set period of time and develop a meeting cadence that allows you to work on it, it's funny what happens. You start actually solving issues, for example, that are real and that need to be solved in order to move forward as opposed to just firefighting all day long. And so I would say to me, any size company, but certainly the smaller, maybe more entrepreneurial, maybe family run, certainly service entity type companies, I think are running 10,000 miles a minute. And this system allows you to step back and give yourself some time to try to figure out what is it that we're trying to do? What's our vision? What's our mission? What are our big goals over the next three, five, and 10 years, so on and so forth. So to me, it provides a framework for creating that discipline that you probably otherwise wouldn't do. I think a lot of us fall back to either what we're comfortable with or what we feel like has to be done in order to do our jobs. And I think what EOS does is say, yeah, you got to do the work, but let's get organized around how we're going to do it and what we're going to focus on and then get those things done and then move on to a few more things that we need to do. So that's probably a summary of what I think that would do for other companies listening. I would agree. And I feel that as a leader and somewhat new to EOS Traction, that it's also a really great way to help organize your teams. 
there's vision tracking, there's overarching business organizational goals, and it really starts to take some of those higher goals annually, the three-year plan, the five-year plan, and it allows those leaders to then distill down those goals into their own departmental goals, their milestones for each quarter to week, and in general as well as a coaching topic that it helps the team members to be able to prioritize their day. In any given day, especially I would say in marketing and channel marketing and marketing communications, there's a variety of things coming at you all the time. And I think it's a good reminder as you have those meetings with your team members and as you even as an individual look to prioritize your day, remembering what the goals are for your department, what the goals are and how you're supporting the overall business organizational goals. I have found it to be really, really a helpful tool. That's a great description. And that kind of leads me into my next thought of how can this system really help, say, a technician or a worker out here at the other end of the company? Because obviously we have two leaders in the company here that we're talking to. What does it do for the rest of the company from an employee's perspective? That's a great question. It's all about alignment. If you're aligned from the vision end of the business through to the outcomes end of the business, And I mean truly aligned. I don't mean words on a bulletin board somewhere, effectively aligned with regards to goals and priorities, and then tied to outcomes as a win-win scenario. When you create alignment like that and you get everybody to buy into your vision, which EOS creates an environment where people do that, it's game-changing stuff. There's an alignment across the business, number one, but there's an ownership across the business, number two. It creates this entrepreneurial mentality across the business. This is what my number is. It's a famous phrase within EOS. And so by golly, I'm going to get to that number because if I block that guy in front of me, that's that much closer to scoring a touchdown, right? And so I think that's what it teaches. And I think that if you were to ask three or four of our various associates that question, I think those words is what you would hear. Very cool. It's very interesting. Rebecca, have you seen that same thing from your perspective on that? I do see that from my perspective. And part of EOS Traction is the continual pulsing or checking in to make sure that the alignment that Rich just described is not only ideated in your milestones and outcomes, but also actionable. So every week there's meetings and those meetings have meaning. It's not just meeting for meetings and then meeting before the meeting and then meeting after the meeting. There really is a purpose to each one. There's an organizational structure to allow to optimize optimize those meetings and the agenda As far as your question around how could this be envisioned for a contractor or envisioned for a decision maker or entrepreneur in the HVAC industry, I just think about all of the ways that that industry is continually evolving and how businesses have goals and those goals are just as important to maintain as a business as it is down to your very most senior contractor to your most newest junior contractor and having an idea around what you do every day and how it creates synergies with overarching business goals, I think is really, really valuable, not only for the leader or for that contractor, but also just feeling that what you're doing each day has a purpose and that you have an impact. We can speak a little bit if you want about ESOPs. Just a little bit, just like an overview from your perspective. What does that actually mean to the people and to the company? 
it's fascinating. So Malco became a 100% employee-owned business in 2018, and there was a series of milestones before that that the Kemer family was sharing, basically selling back shares to the employees, which culminated in 100% ownership in 2018. So I have, over that 25-year career I was talking about earlier, I've had the opportunity to work for a couple different ownership models, if you will, publicly traded, privately held and now an ESOP, which has provided some perspective. I will say that the culture and purpose alignment around this particular ESOP at Malco is different than those that I've been around in the past. And I've been around some really good companies, so I don't know if I'm saying one is better than the other, but it is different. What I mean by different is, is that we were talking about entrepreneurial ownership earlier. Just so happens that EOS is a perfect tie-in, in my opinion, to this mentality because it really is all for one. And because you are directly tied to some benefit that's associated with being an owner in the business, whether that's a financial benefit or just a cultural benefit. And so the biggest difference for me that I've seen that I think is palatable is the ownership mentality that these folks in our company have. I think they all feel like what the work they do every day is important, number one, and important because it's driving towards a goal for the team's sake, and which then translates into solutions for the industry, making products that folks need to make a living and do their work. And so it gets pretty cool when you start tying all that stuff together. I have a saying that I've used early on in my tenure at Malco that I think is still very true, and that is if you talk to the trade pro out there that's doing work today, you can tell that they're very proud of the work that they do. They take a lot of pride in their craftsmanship. Our job at Malco every day is to try to match that pride as it relates to making the tools that they're going to use. And I think that pride comes through when you start to understand that you're part of the ownership of that thing. And in this case, it's the company. And so very different. I'm without a doubt convinced that there is an inherent motivation there that if the communication is good, which is very important in an ESOP, but if it's good and if it's clear and if it's consistent, you can build something pretty special. And your points of presence, I mean, is a lot of distribution, some reps. I see on your site, you do knowledge cells, Melco learning modules. You really want to make sure people representing the product knows what they're about. Is that something new or is that something that's always been there and just being presented a little differently? Maybe Rebecca can answer that. I believe that it's something that has always been present and Melco having a lot of values around educating and training the field. Part of some of the work that I would like to do or bring forward with Malco as part of their leadership team is making sure that we elevate that. It's one thing to have it present. It's another thing to make sure that everybody is aware that it's there and is able to engage with it. So I think taking something very, very good and making it great is that next step over the next year to two years as we continue to produce and create more product and more content around educating the trade. And of course, I imagine you do trade shows too. I mean, in addition to hands-on presence at points of distribution, what are some of the trade shows that you attend or go to? People could see the product, the complete array in person. Next week, actually, we will be at MetalCon in Las Vegas. So we will be at booth 1000 and we'll be showing a variety of new metal bending products. This coming winter, we will also be attending AHR. We'll be in the South Building at booth 7744. And we'll have all of our 
all hands on deck running product demos and showing and telling everything from our product catalog. We also attend Skills USA. We also attend other industry events for our distributors, as mentioned. And then I would implore the audience to stay tuned. We have a really exciting new partnership that we're going to be able to announce in the new year that also just extends that overall mentality of supporting the trades and the pros through their entire professional journey. So stay tuned for that announcement, but we're really putting a lot of emphasis in being available, support, and being part of their professional journey as they grow from junior technician all the way through business ownership. I like that. It kind of resonates with what we try to do here as well as just generally being good stewards of the trade. Absolutely. You gave a nice little preview, you behind the curtain there, about the exciting partnership. Anything else in the vision for the future? I mean, it seems like there's been a lot of change in the last two, three years with Rich coming on board. Rich obviously has a vision. I know in EOS, he's probably called the visionary for the company, which you can share things that you feel are appropriate that you could share about the vision for the future of Melco. Two things. I think we're going to try to stay true to who we are, which is very much in these markets that we're talking about, and try to make sure that we never lose focus pushing the innovation envelope forward in those couple industries that are very important to us and that we have a long history of selling and you know, providing product into. So I say that's one piece of the future is more of the same. And we do like to talk about flywheels at Malco, which is that good to great mentality of an eighth of an inch at a time. And eventually that thing just starts spinning to a point where you can't stop it. And I think the big splash is something that we're trying to make sure that if we go down a road that is a major splash, that we're very thoughtful about it and make sure that it aligns with our core values and what we're ultimately trying to provide to the market. I would say you should probably look for more of that incremental continuation, extension, innovation that has been a part of the almost 75-year history of the company. I think that there is opportunity. Eric and I were chatting prior to the recording a little bit about some of these extensions into the metal working business. The roof metal roof business is a good example of that. And I think there's others. I also think that there's some of the other professional trades disciplines have uh, needs that I think a company like Malco, when we put our touch on it, could help expand some of those extension areas that aren't I would say Hail Mary's necessarily, but maybe a good 10 to 15 yard route that would maybe push us a little bit, but get that brand and everything that it stands for, the Malco brand, into some of the other maybe extension markets or markets that would be similar to those that we're serving today. So I think those two probably, and then we're always vigilant for opportunities that make sense, both for our ESOP, our company, and what our responsibility is to it fiduciary and otherwise, and our customers, the marketplace, the people that we ultimately serve every day, listening to them. We were talking about product ideas before. That has been a hallmark of this company and it will continue to be so. So we'll continue to listen and then execute on those ideas. So that's probably real high level, but that's what we're going to try to do. I'll say this too, as we progress through this transformational journey that we're on, and we have gone through quite a bit of change in the last two and a half years, we're building this foundation. We're building maybe a second tier to a foundation that already exists, but that second tier foundation is really being built to emphasize growth within the company. And so this idea of a growth mindset, 
and a change management process has been my fabric of who I am. And I think sometimes the company takes on the shadow of the leader. So we're always going to look to push the envelope forward and innovate and be vigilant to opportunities when and where they present themselves. And I would say too, as an extension of that comment that Rich just had is, while it may have been high level, there are a lot of things that are happening at Melco that do represent that the future is now. So Rich mentioned a growth mindset. In order to support that future strategy, there's a variety of open positions. We're constantly recruiting, looking for those right people, right seats. There's also the mentality of the look good, feel good, do good that started before I even joined the company under Rich. The building is now matching. The people operations programs are matching this look good, feel good, do good. The ESOP committee is participating. I mean, it really is something that is not just the shadow of the leader, as Rich said, but it's really a reality. And I do believe firmly that the future is now at Melco and that there's just an exponential amount of of positivity that is coming from that. Awesome. Rich casts a pretty big shadow. I've met him in person. (laughs) (laughs) My wife would say too big. (laughs) (laughs) I want to just get closing thoughts for our listeners. Rebecca, if you don't mind, go first and then followed by Rich. I think any closing thoughts I would like to remark on is not only to say thank you to you, Bill and Eric, for allowing us to participate in today's podcast, but just to reiterate the Melco story, the Melco brand, our products, our people, our initiatives, these are all in the common good and the common goal of supporting the trades. And I'm just really excited for future programs, future initiatives our exciting new partnership we're going to be announcing in January. These are all on the roadmap for bringing that good to great and that growth mindset as a reality with this company and under Rich's leadership. It's always great to spend time with you, Bill, and you, Eric, in the two and a half years that I've been here at Malco. I've been lucky enough to connect with you guys on a few occasions, and I learn something every time I do it. And this podcast in and of itself, I'll just say, has been I've done a couple, but it's always fun to do them. And so this is par for the course. So it's always good to be with you too. You're thoughtful about what you do. And I like what you said, Eric, about being good stewards. That resonates with us at Malco. I'll say this in closing about Malco. I think what you can expect and what to look for is for us to keep an eye on the past and remember how we got here and then keep the other eye on the future in terms of our innovation principles and growth mindset as we try to marry those two things together. So it's exciting times at our company. And there's much more to come. Excellent. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Rebecca and Rich. And Eric, thanks for being always a trusting, helpful co-host here. Rich and Rebecca, thank you both very much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Building HVAC Science Podcast, where we learned from Rich Benninghoff and Rebecca Talbot about the Melco story, Good Stewards Supporting the Trades. Other great trade-related resources and influencers include Service Business Mastery, Quality HVAC, HVAC Overtime, HVACR Videos, Home Diagnosis.tv, AC Service Tech, MeasureQuick, HVA Chicks, The Misfits of HVAC, The HVAC Grapevine, HVACR School, of course, HVAC Shop Talk, Stephen Reardon, HVAC Reefer Guy, and Tool Pros. If you'd like to learn more about our podcast or have any questions at all, please drop an email to marketing at truetechtools.com. In full disclosure, I'm a co-owner of TrueTech, and the opinions voiced are those of my guests or myself, 
depending on who's speaking, of course. If you're in the market for some tools or test instruments mentioned in the podcast, take a look at truetechtools.com, my company, T-R-U-T-E-C-H-T-O-O-L-S.com. See what we carry. We also have an offer code for listeners of this podcast, that special offer code of HVACBS. Again, thank you for listening and following us on the Building HVAC Science podcast. Until next time.